for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. We're starting a brand new series today called YOLO. And for those uh, who don't know what that means, you're old, okay? That's what that means. It means you're old. <laughs> it means, <laughs> yeah, some embrace that, obviously. Uh, wise, I meant to say wise, not old. Uh, you only live once. You only live once. And actually, it's just like the, uh, a mantra that was there for, for years and is still there. And, and it's really this mantra that, that um, it, it's, it's uh, let me describe it like this. It's an excuse for stupidity. That's what it is, everybody. It's an excuse for stupidity. Um, it, it, it means, hey, you only live once, let's just do it. You only live once, let's just, uh, you know, jump, jump in. Let's just dive in. Let's just be stupid because we only live, you only live once. And to tell you the truth, um, uh, some people are built that way, right? They're, they're built. I mean, my son, Isaiah, is, uh, he's just built that way that he, he, he likes to experience new things. So he's the kid that, you know, if, if, if he sees people jumping off of a cliff into a river at 25 or 30 feet, he just walks up to the edge and does it. You know, he just wants to know what that's like. Uh, if you give him a chance to do anything fun, uh, exciting, adventurous, uh, he's just in. How many have a child like that? Anybody? How many of you were like that? You just, and you're still alive, everybody, to the, to the glory of the Lord. You're still alive. And uh, you made it. <laughs> you made it. Okay. And so uh, my wife and I have prayed for Isaiah lots of times, and he's still with us. Praise the Lord for that. Um, a lot of people say, well, actually, you live twice. We live in this life and in the next life. Um, um, you know, so we only, you only live twice. I, I would tend to disagree with that. Once a person is born, they are eternal. Um, once a person is born, they are eternal. Death is actually not death. It's just a transition into eternal life. Everybody see that? Yes, two different areas, two different places. Right now we live in the earth, and one of these days as believers we get to be with Jesus in heaven, but once you are born, you are eternal. You are eternal. In fact, I want to go even further than that. Um, um, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, I could go on that for a little, a little while. Uh, let me say it like this. Once you are conceived, I'm going to say it like that. Once you are conceived, you are eternal. Okay, how many agree with that? All right, that's a sermon for another day, but there you have it. And in this life that we live here on the earth, not in heaven, but on this earth, um, you're going to deal with stress in life. And today we're talking about how do you live a life without stress? If you only live once in the earth, you know that stress is a part of that journey, but if I were to say, who wants to be stress-filled during your days on the earth, and nobody would raise their hands, we'd all say, yeah, hey, you I only live once, I, I don't want to be filled with stress, and yet, stress bothers us, consumes us, in fact, so often, and we're not meant to live that way. Did you know that? Like, there are, there are things that the Bible says about stress that, that it will come to us, but we're not supposed to be conquered by it. And I'm, I'm going to show you today, if you, if you live your life as, as a stressed out person, 
You need to tune in. Yes, I'm, I'm usually that one that's telling people, you need to chill. You just need to relax. Like, this is no big deal. This thing that's stressing you out today, it won't be here tomorrow, won't be here next week, won't be here next month. Uh, it, it's just temporary, and you just need to relax. Now, now sometimes my, my wife says, when I tell her that, she'll say, you do too. Okay. I'm trying, baby, but you're making it difficult. No, 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 I don't, I don't say that. I do not say that. That's not wise at all. Um, I don't even know if she's in the room, but I hope not. Okay. So I want, you, I want you to write this down as we start this about stress. Number one, most people focus on three things, and these are three stressful things, okay? Most people focus on three things that cause stress. What went wrong, what's going wrong, and what might go wrong. What went wrong? What's going wrong? So what went wrong? That causes stress. Well, you don't know what I've been through, and you don't know what these past few years have been like, and you're focused on the past. And then what's going wrong? You're saying, life, my life right now is highly stressful. I have this, and I have this, and I have this, and I have this. In fact, just this morning, uh, uh, my wife um, is, is probably going to start coming to church with me the first service now that Pastor Pat's not here just to, to make sure that everything is running smoothly until we hire somebody. And, and uh, on the way here to church, um, uh, she was like, oh, yeah, and we got to do this, and we got to do this, and we got to do this today, and we got to do this today, and then we got so-and-so, and then I have to do this when I get there. And, 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 when I, and I just was silent. When we got to the church, I looked at her and said, next week, we're not going to ride together. Like, <laughs> true story, everybody. <laughs> true story just happened today. I said, I, I kind of like to start my Sundays a little on the quiet side, you know, <laughs> like, but it's just, you know, you know how it is, but I got to do this, and I got to do this, and then we got to do this, and then we got to do this, and like, like, you guys don't know this, but, you know, anytime that uh, we have, okay, my wife and, and my son share a birthday, October 18th is their birthday, and so we have all of our family members coming over to our house right after the second service today, you know, like 20, 30 people are going to be at our house today, and it's a big meal, and it's a big to-do, and we put a lot of work into it, prepping the house, and prepping the meal, and prepping all, just everything. You know what goes into something like that. It just is a lot of work, and uh, so then, you know, we're on the way to church today, and Jennifer's saying, well, I got to do this at church. I got to do this. I got to do this, and then when we get home, we got to do this, and you got to go here, and then, you you know, I'm not going to ride home with you. You got to ride home with somebody else because I'm going to beat you there, and oh. Stress, right? Stress. So she needs to listen to this. Is she in the room today? Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, so we tend to focus, we tend to focus though on what went wrong, what's going wrong, stresses you out, and then what might go wrong. Yeah, but what if? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if they do this? What if we can't find? What if God doesn't provide? What if, what if, what if, right? Stress. What went wrong, what's going wrong, what might go wrong. And there's one key word to all of that. The word is wrong. When you focus on what's wrong, you're going to live a stressed out life. When you focus on what's wrong, your life is going to be miserable. Just telling you. And there's a better way to live life. Are you ready for it? It's going to be great today. Two, let's write this down. Stress, this is what it is. 
Stress is an engineering term describing the load a structure can bear. Think about that. It's an engineering term describing a load that a structure can bear. It is one of the most common causes of structural failure. It's stress. And if you think of a beam, and I've I've shared this illustration before, if you think of a beam and you put a lot of weight in the middle of it, that beam is now under stress. Everybody get that? It starts to bow, and the more weight you put on it, eventually it breaks. In, in our terminology, would say if somebody's under stress and they just keep carrying a load and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier, then sometimes that person can break and they'll have a nervous breakdown. All of a sudden, they'll just mentally check out because they couldn't bear any more stress. They were bearing a heavy load, and they broke underneath it. Everybody see that? Everybody see it? And we need to, if somebody is like that in your life, you need to be compassionate towards them. You need to show love and encouragement and build them up. And in fact, can I tell you, the Bible says that we have to help each other bear the load. Did you know that? Like, the, okay, so when, when my wife and I, who thankfully just walked in right now, I see her back there, and she didn't hear anything before. It's our job that when I'm bearing a load, and we're really good at this, believe it or not, no matter what I said earlier, we really are, um, that I'm funny. I don't care what you say. That's funny right there. <laughs> that when my wife is under a load, she can testify to this. When she's under a load, I'll try to take things from her. Like yesterday, she was under a load uh, getting ready for today, the big party that's happening today, and, uh, and I took our youngest daughter out of the, the picture and took her away for several hours because that, that takes a load off of my wife, okay? And, um, uh, and, and when I'm under stress, when I just have a lot on my plate, my wife will, will carry the load with me. She'll take part of the load. That way, I, I don't keep going lower and lower. It, it, it lightens and things get better. Everybody see that? So we're meant to, to bear each other's burdens. We're, we're meant to help carry the load. And that's why you need to be in relationships here at New Song. That's why you need to be in small groups. That's why you need to be in a ministry. That's why you need to go through next steps. You need to, you need to be able to connect with people in a ministry team, on a small group, whatever it is. You need to be able to connect with people. And, and when you're in relationship with them and you're having a bad day, you can say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Help me. Now, if you're always the one having a bad day, you need counseling. I'm just being honest with you. That, like, it's true, right? If, if you're the one that's always complaining, always complaining, always complaining, always asking people to help you, people will get sick of you after a while. Is this too, is this too blunt? Okay, because it's true. You know it's true, right? If somebody's constantly complaining, do you want to be around them? I don't. I don't. And so if that's you, and if somebody says to you, you know what, you just are always complaining. Maybe, maybe you need to talk to somebody about this, what's, what's going on, and then send them our way, and we're, we're going to help them. And, and um, I promise you, we won't, never mind, better go on. It's just going to take up a lot of time if I go down that rabbit trail. Three, number three, stress is, what's this, inevitable, inevitable. But being conquered by stress is not. Like, stress is inevitable. You're going to have stress in life. And I can prove that to you in Scripture, and I will. It is inevitable, but you don't have to be conquered by it. 
So this is what John chapter 16, 33 says. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, this is Jesus speaking, okay? So if, if somebody ever comes to you and says, no, 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 as a Christian, you don't ever have to be in trouble. You don't ever have to be in conflict. You don't ever have to be stressed. There can never be a problem in your life. If you're found in Christ, then you don't have Can I tell you something? That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this world, in this uh, you only live once world, you will have trouble. Jesus said that. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have stress. You're going you're gonna to have cause to be anxious. But take heart. I've overcome the world. See, well, see, what he's saying is, yeah, stress is inevitable, but you don't have to be conquered by it. In fact, you can conquer it. Yes, trouble will come. Yes, you're going to feel some stress, but you don't have to live under stress because we serve a victorious Savior, amen? And he loves us. Psalm 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the who? The righteous, those who are found in Christ, Christ's followers, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, so, so victory is coming. If you're under stress right now, victory is coming. So look up. Don't look down. Look, look to the author and the finisher of your faith. Look at the one who's going to conquer those afflictions in your life. Look up, everybody. Stop looking down. That's why David said, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in Christ, Right? Because we have to start looking up and not looking down. But in this world, what's our tendency? Our tendency is to look down. In fact, can I tell you this? Our tendency is to try to solve all of the problems ourselves. That's our tendency. If we're under stress, well, I've got to do this, and I've got to do this, and then I have to do this. And, and then we start becoming master manipulators. We try to manipulate our circumstances to remove the stress from us. Now, there are, there are some applications that we need to carry out, no doubt. But first and foremost, we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things are added unto us, meaning we, we seek Christ first, we trust him first, knowing that he's always victorious, and he's going to be victorious on our behalf. And so we trust him, we look up, we don't look down. We look up, we don't look down. That's how we live. And yet... When we're looking down and woe is me, then we start trying to handle things ourselves. Now, sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you are the author of your own stress. I'm going to teach about that in a second. But there are some things that you can't do anything about, and you're just stressed over it anyway. And the Bible talks about that. If you worry, can you actually add a day to your life? If you worry, can you make things better? No, look up, look up. Trust God, trust his power, trust his victory, trust his love for you, trust his love for your family, trust his provision, trust. Trust that it's going to be okay. So if you are a master manipulator, if, if you've been living life in stress and trying to solve it yourself, I want you to, to take note of Exodus chapter 18. Probably one of the most famous verses concerning stress in the Bible. And this is when Moses gets a, gets a visit from his father-in-law, Jethro. And Jethro shows up, and this is right after they've been delivered out of Egypt. 
Okay, so, so they've just been delivered out of slavery, but there's a lot of turmoil in the camp. And, and we're not talking 100,000 people here. We're talking a couple million people that, that, have, that have arguments, that have conflict, and they all are going to Moses for help. And this is where we find it in Acts 18, verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. And when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all of these people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Because it's my responsibility, because this is what I have to do, because nobody can do this except for me, because I have to be the one to solve this problem. You hear what he's saying? Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing, it's not good. Es no bueno. It's not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Not only you, but they are too. They're going to get worn out too. What's what he says? The work is too heavy for you, Moses. You're under a lot of stress. You're bending in a way that you are not meant to bend. The load is too heavy. And Jethro tries to lighten the load. He says, the work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. Now, of course, we know the advice that Jethro gives. He says, I want you to find people that are in charge of 1,000, and then in charge of 100, then in charge of 50, then in charge of 10, and I, I want you to, to teach them how to make judgment calls and how to, how, how to uh, uh, you know, differentiate between right and wrong, and, I, and, and then put them in their place. And so not everybody is coming to you. They'll be coming to, to the people that act like you and think like you. So, so let me say it like this, everybody. Um, uh, my staff know me well enough that if you go to one of my staff members and you ask a question, they can answer on my behalf because they know me. They know what I'm going to say. In fact, one guy at Wabash, he came up to me and he asked, he asked a question of me a few days ago. And, um, and I said, well, what did, what did Pastor Tony say? And he, he told me. I said, well, that's exactly what I would say too. Like, do that, you know? Because Tony and I, we think alike. Tony knows me. I know him. I trust him completely. I know that he has wisdom, um, and he's going to do very, very well. And so I just entrust him to take care of those people down there. How many know that that's wise? Okay, that 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 removes the stress off of me. It 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 spreads the load, and that's exactly what happens. So Jethro calls it out. He says, "Hey, this load is too heavy for you." He said two things though. I'm going to give you some advice, some advice, and may God be with you. Now, we're going to come back to, to the may God be with you part in a second, but he, he did give Moses, Moses advice. Moses followed it, and, and the stress was gone. So now I'm going to give you advice this morning. Everybody, everybody with me so far? I'm going to give you some stress because there are some things that you can do 
in a life of stress, that's going to help. But don't, don't be naive. You can't fix everything. You can do some things. You can do some things better, but you're not going to be able to fix everything. You're going to have to trust God on this journey. And you're going to have to be wise enough to differentiate between what is my responsibility and what is God's responsibility. God is responsible for the miraculous. You are not. I don't know about you, but I can't do miraculous. You know what's interesting to me? You know how people, uh, how, how the Catholic Church will, you know, obviously uh, determine that somebody is a saint? Did you know part of the requirement for somebody to achieve sainthood is that that person performs two miracles? I think that's the, the craziest thing. Because they give, think about this, everybody. They give praise to the person who performs the miracles instead of praise to God who does the miraculous. I, I don't have miracle working power in me except the fact that Jesus is in me. You see what I'm saying, everybody? I can't do the miraculous. It's impossible for me. But with God, all things are possible, right? And so, so if you're up against something that just seems impossible, could it be that you're not the one meant to handle it? Because you can't, you can't do that. But God can, right? you got to release those things to God. But there are some things that you can do. You ready for this? This is so easy, but it is great advice, New Song. So listen up, tune in. This is great advice for you. Here we go. First thing is you gotta, you got to just do it. Let me say it this way. you got to stop putting off the inevitable. There are some things that cause us stress, and you're stressed out because you keep putting it off. Well, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do that. Oh. But then you find something else to do. Well, I'll do that tomorrow. Then I'll do that the next day. And then I'll do that the next day. And it's just causing you stress because you keep putting it off, right? And you, you've got to discipline yourself that if it is something that you have to do and you alone have to do, just get in there and do it. Stop putting off the inevitable. So you know what I do in, 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 on any given day? I always do the things that I want to do last first. I just get them out of the way. It, some, sometimes, in fact, in my world, uh, um, I, I have to make phone calls to people who request benevolence, and, um, um, and we get tons and tons of requests. Obviously, we can't say yes to everybody. In fact, we're getting so many requests, we can only say yes to a few. And so that means that I have to call people and say, I'm sorry, we just don't have the money to give you concerning this. Not fun. Let me say it like this. Let me say it more clearly. I hate it. Because I'm a fix-it guy. Because I, I, I always, I'm, a, I'm a generous guy. I love being generous. I love, I would, if I had the money, I would help out the entire world. You know what I'm talking? Like if I ever became rich, I would give it all away. That's who I am. But, well, I probably wouldn't because my wife wouldn't let me. Um, <laughs> but how many have, you just have the gift of generosity, and you know that sometimes people can take advantage of that, right? And, and so you have to be wise in those things. And so I just try to get those phone, as soon as they come in, I just try to get, get them out the door right away because I don't want to think about them all day. 
So you just got to get in there and do it. You just got to get in there and, and stop putting off the inevitable. Just get it out of the way first, and then you can enjoy the rest of your day. How many receive that word from the Lord? That's a good word for us. Number two, then this doesn't make sense, but it makes total sense. You got to delay it. Well, you just said to do it. Well, listen, listen. You, you got to stop. You got to delay it in that there are certain things that are in the future, and you can't do anything about it now, but you're stressed out about what might go wrong or what you might have to do or what you know you have to do in the future, but you're not there yet. So leave that in the future. You don't ha- you delay the thoughts to try to fix something that isn't ready to be fixed. To solve something that isn't ready to be solved. Delay the thoughts about doing something that you cannot yet do. Why stress out over something that's two months from now, and you know you can't do anything between now and then? Why stress about that? The Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Like, you know what it's saying? Just deal with it when you get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Tony and I just had a, um, a conversation. He was dealing with a, p- a people issue. And um, he said, well, he said, if I do this, what if they do this? I said, we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. Like that, we'll see. Like, no, no reason to make a decision for something that might not happen. Everybody see what I'm saying? And yet, that's our tendency, isn't it? That we try to solve things before they even happen. Well, well sometimes you just got to get in there and do it. Stop putting off the inevitable. But then other times, you got to delay that decision because you don't have to make it today. So why stress out over something that's in the future? Everybody with me? Okay, the next thing is you got to delegate it. Delegate it. Stop thinking that no one else is qualified. (laughs) Ladies, look at your pastor. But nobody else will do it. Or or this is a great, but they won't do it right. (laughs) Woo! And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. I can't tell you the number of, of times that, that I've met with ladies who are like, well, I've I got to clean the house. I'm like, you have seven kids. Teach them to vacuum. Teach them to dust. But they won't do it right. We'll train them. You know, look them in the eyes and say, you're not doing this right. And you're going to keep doing it until you do it right. But I'm not going to do this for you anymore. How many know what I'm talking about? You got to delegate some stuff, everybody. You got to delegate some stuff. Um, I'm going to say it like this, too. Especially if you're a leader, one of the keys keys of success here at New Song is that we delegate very well, but but we also follow through with that delegation. So if if I delegate something, I'm going to follow through and actually make sure it's getting done. Now, we, we, we're not always perfect in that. But what I have learned is I cannot pastor 600 people by myself. It's just impossible. And I have to delegate things. I have to hand out assignments. And so now a lot of times when people are in the hospital, I, I'm not the one that, that always goes. I go sometimes, but I'm not always the one. 
In, in fact, um, Andy Stanley tells a story that he, he said, you know, of course, his church is thousands and thousands of people. And when he shows up at a hospital call because he, he just can't go to hardly any of them, I mean, think about thousands of people and how many hospital calls that would take. And he says, you know, when he shows up at a hospital call, people get scared because they think something's really wrong. You know, like, oh, the pastor came. I'm in deep trouble here. You know, like that type of deal. And so what I've, what I've found out is I, I try, but I can't. And I've just had to delegate. And you know what? If people are being, uh, if people are being uh, visited by a pastor of the church or by a leader of the church, they're not offended that it's not me because they know I can't do everything. They just know I can't, but it doesn't mean that we can't do something, that I can't send somebody. So I have to delegate. Everybody see that. Okay, delegate, delegate. The, the, the last one here, delete it. So you got to do it. You got to delay it. You got to delegate it. You got to delete it. Stop doing unimportant things. There are some things that you've been stressing out about that you don't have to stress out about. You just need to delete them. I have this thing in my life where I just say, if, and, and it's really in my pastor ministry, pastoral ministry, it's here at New Song, definitely. If we can't do it right, we just don't do it. If we can't do it right, we just don't do it. We just delete it. Because I'm not, I'm not interested in doing something just halfway. I'm not, do, I'm not interested in doing something without excellence. And so I've learned I can only do so much and we can, only, we can only do so much together as a body. And if we can't do it and do it well, we just don't do it. And you know what that does? It keeps my stress level down. Because if I'm trying to do something that I don't think that we can do or we're not doing it well, guess what it does to me? It stresses me out. So I just delete it. Just don't do it. Can I help you out in just the particulars here? So my wife and I, uh, we, we have this talk a lot. Anytime that we have uh, company over, anytime that um, we have you know, family get-togethers or Thanksgiving or whatever, I'm just constantly trying to tell her easy way to do things. Well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do this? And she gets irritated with me. Guys, how many know what I'm talking about? Now, in my heart, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help her to do it the easy way to take stress off of her. But in her, in her mind, no, it's got to be done well. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, short this. I'm going to do it the right way. And then I learn, oh, she's not going to change, so I think I have to. That means I got to pitch in and help her then, you know, to try to take that, that load. The problem is if a couple is constantly disagreeing and the husband just keeps saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, and the wife's saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, it causes conflict. It, it does cause conflict. And, and you got to be wise about that. And there's both giving. You, you both have to give and take. Everybody see that? It's got to be healthy. But, but can I, can, men don't normally have this problem. I hate to say this, but ladies, typically you're the ones that have this issue, especially in the home life. There are some things that you're doing that you don't have to do. And you just need to delete it. Just there, there are some people that want to spend time with you that just suck the life out of you. And you hate, you hate it. There's, there's, there's things at, at work that are just pulling at you. And it stresses you out. 
and you feel obligated to it, but are you obligated? So there are some things that you just have to delete. Maybe some friendships that it's just time to, maybe not, I'm not saying cut it off, but pull it back. Just pull it back. Because sometimes people expect a great deal from you that you don't have the time to give. How many know what I'm talking about? They expect great big things from you, and you don't have the time to do it, and it's stressing you out because you're trying to live up to their expectations. Not wise. Don't do that. you got to adjust. Definitely adjust, and, and in a lot of cases, just delete. Just hit the delete button. Everybody with me? So that's just, that's just, that's the advice. If that, that's Jethro looking in the eyes of Moses and saying, hey, Moses, listen to me. I just got some advice for you. But that's not where he stops. He also says, and may God be with you. I have some advice, Exodus 18. I have some advice, but also may God be with you. Now watch this, everybody. Matthew chapter 11, keep in mind Exodus 18. Jethro says, now listen to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. Now Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, this is Jesus speaking. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and, and, and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. There's two things that Jesus is saying there. He's saying, hey, 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 come to me, and I will give you rest, and learn from me. Jethro is talking to Moses, and he says, Moses, hey, learn from me, take some advice, and may God be with you. Everybody with me so far? Okay, watch this, everybody. Watch this. Jesus shows us, as does Jethro, shows us two types of relief. Write these things down, these two things down. And this is the, the core of the message today. Two types of relief, immediate and ongoing. Immediate and ongoing. So in, in Jethro, Jethro says, hey, listen, take some advice. This is going to help you out down the road. It's going to be ongoing. It's going to be, on, it's going to be beneficial to you in the long run. And Jesus says, come to me, hang with me, and learn from me. It's ongoing. Learn from me. Walk with me. Let me train you. And it's going to be beneficial in the long run. But they both also say the same thing. I'm not just going to give you ongoing advice. I'm not just going to give you ongoing relief. I'm going to help you right now, immediately. May God be with you. Or from Jesus' words, come to me and I will give you rest. See, there is ongoing rest when you apply biblical principles. Let me say it like this. When you apply biblical wisdom, actually wisdom is knowledge in action. You know that, right? So when we take the principles 
found in the Word of God and we apply them and live them out, it's going to be ongoing rest, ongoing stress relief. But I realize that there are people right here in this room that you don't need just the ongoing stress relief. You need immediate help, like right now, right here. And Jesus says to you, come to me, and I will give you rest. Immediately. Immediately. I, I was uh, so encouraged this past week. How many, how many think this is just a good word from the Lord today for us? Isn't it just a great word? I, I was hearing a couple things this past week. You know, a few weeks ago, we were in that God is Able series, and, and, um, and then God is in control. And we had some powerful times of prayer, and we're going to have a powerful time of prayer just right here, right now. And, and I, I, get, I got reports, um, verbal reports. I got a, I got a, a letter. Uh, somebody mailed me and just said, you know what, Pastor, I just wanted you to know that as you called people forward, I didn't want to go. But I just felt compelled. And after fighting it for a long time, which 30 seconds, one minute, seems like an eternity when you're out there, right? And and they, they both said, finally, I, 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 just, I just gave up and I went forward. And as I was at the altar, this is what the Lord did in me and for me. And it just, it was something about pursuing God, about taking a step of faith, about getting out of your comfort zone and getting serious with God and saying, God, I'm not going to stay where I am anymore. I'm ready for a change. And in just a few seconds, just a few moments, I'm going to have all of you come down that wants to, that's just under stress. And I want you to know you're not meant to live like that. You're certainly not meant to be conquered by it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my hands on you and pray for you. It's not going to get weird. It's just, that's what the Bible says. We can lay hands on each other and pray, right? How many know that's in the Bible? And that's what we do here. We're Bible believers. And, and if there's so many of you that I, I need to call the elders and the other pastors, that's fine. I'm just going to lay my hands on you or somebody will. And we're just going to pray for you that God would just supernaturally deliver you and give you immediate relief, immediate relief. But then you need to take godly principles and apply them, make some changes in your life, and that'll bring you ongoing relief. Everybody see that? And I've given you both today. And we're gonna do it right now. Would you stand up with me and just close your eyes for a moment. And if, if possible, if at all possible, nobody moving around, nobody leaving. No, no distractions at this time. Uh, I'm just going to ask who is in this room that you, you just need immediate relief, immediate relief. And by raising your hand, you're also saying, I'm going to come down and get prayed for too. I just need it immediately. I'm, I'm underneath a load, and it feels like I'm going to break, and I don't want to. Jennifer, would you join me up here too? I'd like my wife to help me pray for all of you. 
Okay, go ahead. There's lots of you. There's lots of you. So you're not going to be the only one. So come on down. And just stand here at the front. Don't kneel so that way I can reach you. You can join me up here, babe. Yeah. Yeah, lots of people. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Now, because of this many people that are down here, I need just as many elders and pastors and just prayer warriors, people of faith, just to come down here and help me pray for all of these. I'm going to try my best to get to everybody. But I just want you to find somebody, put your hand on their shoulder. Just Let's just speak some life over them. Could we? Spirit of the Lord is here. Heavenly Father, before we pray, we surrender wholeheartedly to you. We give you our expectations. We give you our minds. We give you our thoughts. We surrender wholeheartedly to you. And we invite you into our life right now. And we invite your spirit into our our lives, our minds, our inner being. We invite you. We want you. We long for you. Come Holy Spirit, I pray. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ. All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church slash connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.